wokeness is theater uh, by neurotic white people for neurotic white people. Three men, five headline news stories, no rules. That's right. It's a right angle lightning round brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle, of course, and also, of course, Scott Ott. Uh, Gentlemen, let's dig right in this week. I have curated special stories just for you guys. Uh, Bill, we're starting with you this week. Uh, oh, no. NCAA championship swimmer Leah Thomas has been nominated by the University of Pennsylvania for one of the most prestigious awards in college athletics. NCAA woman of the year. And man, talk about athletes. Have you seen the shoulders on that dude? Wow. The advantage that the left has is that they, they are nothing but ideology. They, they don't have hobbies, religion, jobs, family. They just have politics. And, and I'm talking about the progressive leaders of this, of this. Thing. And because this is all they have, uh, they are 100% utterly blind to how far off of the mark they are, how tone deaf they are, how, how, how unwilling people are to accept this, how, how they, they simply don't get it. They, they just don't, and they never will. Um, they're going to get a sharp wake up call in a couple of months, but even that's not going to, it's not going to do it. It's just going to convince them that the, that the people out there who they consider to be their enemies are just as evil and racist as, and, and homophobic and transphobic as, as they thought they were. I'm starting to finally see some pushback from female athletes, and they're the only ones who really can make a significant impact on this because they're the actual victims here. And we live in a society where ration is no, rationality is no longer uh, in play or logic or anything like that. It's all about victimhood. But the, the, the real victims here are, are, uh, are what the, the real victim in this case will be whatever woman would have been the, the woman right. athlete of the year when this guy wins, because he will win. Um, and, uh, and, and when the victims finally reach the point where they're gonna start speaking out for themselves, then then we're going to finally start seeing some changes. Um, I recall the first when this first happened, we did a, a number of shows about this three, four years ago. It was uh, runners then or so track track stars. And of all the elements of this uh, song and dance, uh, the one I find most disturbing by far is watching uh, the women who who lose to these people standing up there choking back the tears talking about how happy they are about this yeah you know how brave leah thomas is and 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 what a courageous act and and all the rest of it watching them choking back the tears knowing what they have to say what they're expected to say the the like everything else that they're pushing is that all of this is in full retreat now this tide has not only turned it's in full ebb flow for for the for the left and so they continue to do these tone deaf things and they continue to think that if they just harp on it long enough and keep pushing our faces in it long enough, then we'll eventually accept it. But it's not working out like that. And the reason it's not working out like that, Steve, is because everything that they are trying to foist upon us is based on a lie. And nowhere is the lie more clearer than in this case uh, of transgender athletes. And that's why this is the hill that they've decided to fight on. This is the this is the most obvious case of them making you believe things that aren't true. And what we found in the Soviet Union was that it wasn't that 
it wasn't that the the Soviets, or in this case, the the progressives, it's not that they genuinely believe this to be true. It's they know that if you can get people, regular people, to agree with something that they know isn't true, then then you've got them, right? And and when you talk to people who were victims of, of that kind of Soviet propaganda and brutality for 20, 30 years, what you found was, was the reason they didn't resist more, um, more fully was because they were ashamed of themselves. And they were ashamed of themselves because they had gone out there and said all the things that they that they were told were true and that they knew to be lies. They had compromised their own integrity. They had to. And once your once your integrity is compromised, then then that's it. So, you know, good for was the University of Pennsylvania, I think, submitted this uh, uh yes. Yeah. yeah. Good. I hope Leah Thomas uh, wins Women Athlete of the Year. I really do. Uh, I hope that that um, that there's a lot of publicity about it. I hope that uh, that I hope they make as big deal about this as they possibly can. Indeed. And you mentioned, and I hope, oh, sorry. No, and I hope that the, that the candidates who deserved it will finally realize that this is going to continue until they speak out, until, until they speak out. They are the victims here. Not, he's not the victim. Leah Thomas is not the victim. It's gone from being the 525th ranked swimmer in the world to the number one swimmer in the world because of assertion. And, and I don't find that to be brave. I find that to be cowardly. And I find that to be uh, uh, selfish and, and immoral, dishonest, dishonorable, and all of the other disses. So uh, there you go. But, but, but this, is, this period of time is coming to an end. Yeah, uh, there's we are getting some pushback on this. Fortunately, uh, Martina Navratilova knows a little something about being a, a great female athlete. Uh, responded on Twitter to the news: "Not enough fabulous biological women athletes. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Need more like that." And from and it, was, isn't it Instapundit? Isn't it? Isn't it Glenn who says, "Wow, it turns out that men are better than women at everything, even at being women." Even at being women, yeah. <laughs> And my only regret, I love Martina, by the way. I've been a tennis fan since I was a kid. Uh, she's just one of the greats. Uh, we need more of this pushback from women who are still in the game. Martina's been retired for, for quite a while now. The swimmers who are, who are the victims, they're the ones who need to speak up. Yeah. So follow Martina's lead, ladies. You got nothing left to lose. Uh, Scott, ooh, Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom are engaging with donors as possible 2024 bids if Biden doesn't run and I'm asking you, you think they're going to take a shot even if he does run? So when you first said that, I thought immediately, are they doing this together? Like uh, as no. a ticket? No, 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 no. <laughs> even my governor, Jared Paulus, is is making moves. His are a little quieter. He's a sneaky double. But uh, yeah, we've got Democrats lining up to uh, yeah. to make a run in 2024. I was going to say that would be the ultimate way to balance the ticket, you know, get two far left <laughs> California candidates. Um, you know, I, I think because of the way this game is played and because of the way announcements are made now so far in advance, anybody who has presidential aspirations has to do this. Um, and I'm not making any evaluation on the quality of these candidates. I think uh, most people would know uh, that I do not see them as high quality candidates. <laughs> but I'm just saying in the way the, the way the game is played, 
even if you intend to stand faithfully by the president of the United States as the vice president or stand faithfully by him as the governor of California, you have got to have your base in place and your money in place before it ever gets to the point where he makes an announcement, if he does, that says, hey, I'm not going to pursue a renomination. Um, so it's kind of sad the way that works. I would much prefer a truncated political season of maybe, you know, 90 days or something where we could cut it down <laughs> to a reasonable period of frenzy. Um, but there, I expect that we'll see a lot of other candidates who, uh, when we look right now, we go, wow, can you imagine Newsom as president or Harris as president? Uh, there are probably others waiting in the wings that would make us look at them and go, well, maybe not as bad. Right. Steve, they're not only not high quality candidates, they're not even high quality idiots. The, um, <laughs> the, if you think Kamala Harris is a word salad machine, Gavin Newsom has an astonishing ability to stand there and say things without saying anything at all. He's an absolute featherweight. And uh, you can't imagine how proud I am to be a California resident, home of uh, both of these deep thinkers. Uh, you know, I saw a satirical headline a couple of days ago that said uh, Democrats fear Biden might remain healthy enough to run again. And I assumed it was the Babylon <laughs> Bee, but it turned out to be the onion. So oh, wow. mm. nice job. Yeah. yeah. The who? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Bill, let's go to you. Oh, I got a pair of headlines for you. Uh, the Babylon Bee. Speaking of them, in 2020, said uh, Fisher Price releases my first peaceful protest playset with house you can actually burn down. And this year, in reality, Portland Antifa to host summer camp for kids. Um, oh. On a long enough timeline, does every Babylon Bee headline come true? Yes, they are the prophets. Uh, they are they are the, the the wise ones. I don't know whether they're time travelers or whether they've got a direct connection to God or whether they're dabbling in dark uh, arcane arts. I don't know. But um, Scott talked about this many years ago. Scott had, of course, a great satire site, uh, Scrappleface. And I recall a conversation we had, it seems like it's five years ago now, where Scott said it's impossible to write satire anymore because every the most outrageous things I could think of are coming true. They're happening every day. We're yeah. beyond satire now. Uh, satire now would be to tell the truth. Uh, that would be considered high satire now. And, and and to be perfectly honest with you, that's what the Babylon Bee does is they tell the truth. They 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 get right to the heart of, of what the truth is. And um and that's what all great satire does. I mean, uh, I cannot remember if it was Dickens. I think it might have been Dickens. It might have been Oscar Wilde. But one of them said, our job is to tell the truth and make people laugh, because if we didn't make them laugh, they'd hang us. And <laughs> and and that's basically it. You know, that's that's how it that's how it works. So God bless him. They interviewed John Cleese recently, by the way, that that was quite a get. Um, the but, you know, they've got to be banned from Twitter because of their dangerous content. You can have terrorists out there. You can have murderers out there. You can have all this other stuff. But the B, they're, they're, they're just the they're the most brilliant guys out there. They always said that it was impossible to do conservative comedy. And uh, and they are proving that theory. wrong. Indeed. Uh, Scott, let's go to you. Gender activists push to bar anthropologists from identifying human remains oh my God. as male or female. Hmm. They argue that scientists cannot know how an ancient individual identified themselves. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I don't on the one hand, on this there's, there, there's just the top level absurdity of all of this. On the other hand, we're, we're worried about, well, we're supposed to worry about, they're worried about what uh, people have been dead for 30,000 years, what their personal preferred pronouns might have been. But on, on the other hand, you know, something else is just a clump of cells. Have we reached peak stupid finally? Yeah, it's funny. I, I'm listening to a lecture series right now that I think is an Amazon original and an Audible subscriber, and and um, it is about the the mysteries of human evolution. And it's done by a woman who's a scientist, and she's she reads the book or reads the lectures or whatever you want to call them. Um, and at no at no point in this book did she ever hesitate to identify the sex of the archaeological uh, find. Um, you know, in fact, that was one of the things that they try to do, you know, the, and because a lot of times when they're looking at bones, um, they're looking at very, very slight fragments of things. And yeah. so, you know, the beginning question is, okay, so is this a bone? And then the <laughs> And then the question is, is it a bone from a what? And then eventually you figure out, oh, oh, it's probably some sort of a primate bone. Was it male or female? So you, you try to make those determinations. And the reason why you make those determinations is because it matters. Um, and there, there's tangible differences between the two. And you can evaluate skeletons or partial skeletons based on the, the size and shape of the pelvis, for example, um, that will help you have insight into history. Um, and, you know, there's a one very famous skeleton she's talking about that was a little girl. And it, at no point should she go, well... She, we were saying little girl because she wasn't yet of age to be able to determine what sex she actually was. <laughs> so anyway, it, this is this is comedy uh, for sentient beings, and uh, sadly becoming reality uh, for a lot of other people. I'm sure that this same group of people is soon going to ban the so-called uh, gender reveal parties that parents have when they find out uh, by the miracle of modern technology uh, what sex the baby is. Um, I I have no objection to ending those parties because frankly, I, it just really bugs me that they call them gender reveal parties. But I, under, I understand why they're not sending out invites to, to their loved ones saying, hey, we're having a sex reveal party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to RSVP. No. No, not that kind uh, of party. Nope. Uh, I hope not anyway. Uh Wow. Gonna have to come up with 144 different colored balloons. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to paraphrase, but I've got the, the I've got the essence right here. I think it was yesterday, Glenn Reynolds at Instapunit said that wokeness is theater uh by neurotic white people for neurotic white people, or words to hmm. that effect. And yeah. perfect. Yeah. 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 The, the neurotic white people part is is dead on. It's the rest where I had to paraphrase. All right. Last one's for me. One of my favorite Twitter accounts, Polymath, really, really sharp guy. I'm assuming he's gender. Yeah. Sumi, he's anonymous. Um, he says that he's OK with this particular bit of rhetoric from the left. The more they say that DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, is just like Trump, just smarter, nicer and not a womanizing creep the more appealing DeSantis will be in a GOP primary. Uh, well, yeah, I think I'm okay with that too. You know, I, I'm an American, which means I love nothing more than a great comeback story. But if Ron DeSantis gives me the great policy, but 
with a lot more discipline. That's something I think I could get behind. But we got a long way to go between now and then. I'm not making any endorsements or anything. So don't write letters or leave nasty comments. I just see things on Twitter that I like and I share them with you. And that, He's ultra mega. He is ultra mega. And yeah, if, oh, that's what killed Trump was a lack of discipline. Well, that and well, we won't get we won't replay 2020 again. I, I don't want to do that just yet. Anyway, I do want to wrap this up, though. Just uh, a reminder, I meant to do this at the beginning. If you got the uh, the notification bell, click that so you can find out when our next video comes up. There's a thumbs up. Give us a thumbs up because we're at least worth that much. Right. And if you want to become a supporter, go to BillWhittle.com, become a member, make a one time donation, whatever you like. We'd love to have your support. It keeps us on the air and you informed. So thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.